This is The Rewind from the Tufts Daily. I'm your host, Leslie Gladstone. This week, a producer from The Rewind, Tegan Hart, will discuss two stories impacting the Tufts community. First, Tegan is joined by Daily reporter Anton Shank to discuss the injury of a worker at the construction site for the new Joyce Cummings Center. The Cummings Center, set to open in summer of 2021, represents another major undertaking following several renovation and expansion projects on our campus. The incident has brought new attention onto the building itself and faculty opinions surrounding its opening. Later in this episode, Tegan is joined by daily reporter Caleb Simmons to discuss the university's response to an announcement by the Trump administration that it will be expanding its travel ban to six additional countries, raising the tally to 13 as of February 21, 2020. While the policy does not stipulate restrictions on the F-1 visa, the visa most commonly held by students studying in the United States, Caleb explains its potential long-term impacts on international students and the university's preparedness moving forward. You reported on an incident at the construction site for the new Joyce Cummings Center. How recently did this take place? What exactly happened? So the injury itself took place January 16th, around the middle of the day. Um, TUPD told us right around 1.30 p.m. And the injury took place on the fourth floor of the new building when strong winds caused the structure's decking to come up and hit the worker. And according to the kind of after report, We found that the incident mobilized Tufts Emergency Medical Services, the Thames, a local ambulance service, the Medford Fire Department, and police departments, um, as well as a response from TUPD. Do those close to the matter anticipate that this accident will cause any delays in construction? So fortunately, we were able to talk to Ruth Bennett, who's the director of strategic capital programs and is actually overseeing kind of the construction process for this new building. Um, And she told us that construction remains on schedule for the building. Um, And fortunately, accidents like this are rare, and she wasn't really able to point to previous examples of any kind of accident like this happening on another Tufts capital site. Were you able to get any information as to the status of the worker who was injured? So fortunately, emergency crews were able to get to the site pretty quickly. They had the unique problem of actually the worker still being on an upper floor of the building while he was hurt. And so thanks to the hard work of Medford Fire, they were able to put together a cherry picker to get him down and they stabilized him um, and took him off to the hospital and he's all right. Which departments are slated for the coming center and when are they expected to move in? So the future occupants of the building are actually going to include computer science, economics, and the math department with a few other interdisciplinary centers being there as well including the Tufts Gordon Institute. You also mentioned that Tufts faculty have mixed feelings about the coming center itself. Who did you speak with and what were their reactions? Computer science, economics, and math are some of the largest departments that we have here on campus and are arguably continuing to grow more and more year over year. Actually, that's been one of the contentions with some of the faculty I had the chance to speak with. So they're looking at the area of the building, seeing that they're kind of worried about foot traffic. They have all kinds of worries, and there's lots of opinions represented within those faculty. With the Green Line extension coming in and the Tisch Sports and Fitness Center already down the block, This part of campus is soon to be a highly trafficked area. What concerns are there, if any, about congestion? When you just look at the number of faculty that are going to be moving into this new building, the amount of students that are going to need to be getting to classes and meetings, 
faculty needing to host office hours, one-on-one -on -one meetings with students. There is some concern about not only kind of the foot traffic inside the building, but also outside the building for sure. Anyone who's kind of walked down that street where the new building is, they know that it can already be pretty narrow and it's already right next to um, some other really high traffic areas like you mentioned, the green line, the gym. So there is definitely some concern there. Next, Tegan will return with Caleb Simmons to discuss national headlines and their local impact. But first, we take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a warm and welcoming place to practice yoga? Join the Corner Studio Yoga community. Located at 379 Main Street in South Medford, the Corner Studio offers yoga classes for all levels. Try the introductory membership, two weeks of unlimited yoga for $25. This week's episode is brought to you by Tasty Cafe on 321 Boston Avenue. Tasty serves acai bowls, fresh egg sandwiches, and delicious fruit smoothies. Tasty Cafe is the only restaurant near Tufts that serves francesinhas, a classic Portuguese sandwich. Tasty's is open every day from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go visit them today. And now, Tegan is joined by Caleb Simmons bringing us our second story of this episode. Listeners are probably well aware of President Trump's 2017 executive order banning travel from several Muslim-majority countries, as well as Venezuela and North Korea, that remains largely in effect despite being challenged in the courts. But they may not know about the most recent expansion to those restrictions. Which countries are now included? When do these changes go into effect? Yeah, so this extension of the Trump administration's travel ban was announced in January, and it went into effect on Friday, actually, February 21st. And what it does is it adds six countries to the travel ban, but in a slightly different way. So it bans permanent immigration from these countries, um, whereas the countries previously included in the travel ban had a more broad ban on citizens traveling to the United States. So these new six countries Four are in Africa, so it's Nigeria, Eritrea, Tanzania, and Sudan, and then two are in Asia, Myanmar and Kyrgyzstan. How did Tufts University respond to this announcement? Who was contacted directly? So Tufts has 40 students across its undergraduate and graduate schools who are from these countries, and actually of the 40, they're only from three of the countries, 29 of them from Nigeria, actually. Um, and Tufts immediately emailed um, the students in early February to basically update them about the new travel ban and just to inform them a little bit um, about its provisions because, it, you know, there's been a lot written and reported about the travel ban in general since 2017. Um, but because the provisions of the travel ban update are a little bit different, they just wanted to get on the same page with their students and kind of explain the the process going forward. So how does the travel ban impact international students from affected countries? So, you know, by the, the letter of the law, it doesn't at all. As I said, the travel ban, the updated travel ban only bans immigration on a permanent basis. So people applying for green cards from these six countries to come live here in the United States permanently. So it does not, in theory, affect students at all. And mainly we're talking about people on F-1 student visas and J-1, which is called the exchange visitor visa. So that's a lot of, you know, exchange students who might be here for a semester. Most international students at Tufts are on the F-1 visa, 
um, for their four years uh, or if they're a graduate student for however long their program is. But the new ban expansion does not technically affect any of those students. I understand you spoke to some of these students. How did they react upon learning about this policy change? How do they feel about Tufts' response? Yeah, so I spoke with a senior at Tufts named Amir, and he's from Tanzania. And basically, he told me that he was glad that Tufts reached out to him and continues to advocate for international students, but that he's concerned about the state of relations between the U.S. and Tanzania and what this ban reflects on that. As you might expect, you know, he is unsure about his future as a senior and doesn't know whether he's going to stay in the U.S. or go back home long term. But he said that this new travel ban, because it would complicate him returning to the U.S. from Tanzania, might influence his thinking about that. You also mentioned instances of international students at other Boston area schools being detained or deported at points of entry or even on their own campuses as a result of this travel ban. What resources does Tufts have at its disposal if a similar situation were to happen to a member of its own community? So there have been several pretty high-profile cases of international students from Muslim-majority nations being detained and sometimes deported at Logan Airport in Boston, actually. In August, a Palestinian student who was going to be an incoming freshman at Harvard was detained and deported. And then just in January, there was an Iranian student at Northeastern, also in Boston, who had the same thing happen to him at Logan. So Tufts does, you know, Tufts is prepared to deal with these cases as they may come up. And I spoke with the director of Tufts International Center, Andrew Shiatani. He told me that this hasn't happened to any students because of the travel ban in the last few years. But he did say that the International Center offers resources to its students. So, for example, in the email in early February, they encourage students, even though students aren't supposed to be affected by the new travel ban, they encourage students from these six countries to register their travel plans with Tufts Travel Registry, basically just telling the university when they plan to be out of the country, when they plan to be coming back into the country, so that if these incidents may arise, Tufts knows where those students are, where they'd be coming through at a port of entry, and might be prepared to help them. And then beyond that, if there are really legal issues, the International Center is prepared to work with University Council, with TUPD, and even with outside legal uh, consultants if necessary, to protect its students. And I, I should add that I spoke with the university spokesperson, Patrick Collins, about this, and he reiterated Tufts' opposition to the travel ban. Tufts in the past has filed amicus briefs with several other universities in the area and nationally opposing the travel ban and is prepared to do so again um, if it deems necessary. This was The Rewind from the Tufts Daily. I'm your host, Leslie Gladstone. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, Tegan Hart, Stephanie Rifkin, and Andy Dubé. This year, the Tufts Daily is celebrating four decades of impactful and independent student journalism. Stay tuned to our social media channels for 40th anniversary content. Our executive producer is Ellie Levine. If you like this podcast, support The Daily You can read all of our stories at tuftsdaily.com. We'll see you next month.